Hello everyone, welcome to the Goal Line Podcast. I'm your host Patrick Cipher. We do not have a co-host and we will not have a co-host from this point forward. It will now just be a solo podcast with the occasional guest appearances every now and then. Uh, there's a couple of people that I'm looking at, messaging, uh, seeing if I could get them in the show sometime soon. And I have a lot of people in mind. They're all great people that I would love to hear on this podcast, and I bet the fans will too. A lot of stuff happened over the past two weeks. Well, not really the past two weeks, more the past week. Such as the Aaron Rodgers declining a contract, Cam Akers injury, just a lot of important stuff. And that's to be expected because training camp is coming soon. The preseason starts in around 10 days, at least when I'm recording it. I'm pretty sure it's 10 days. Uh, but yeah, a lot of very, very big moves have, not really moves, but big contract talk has been going on. One of these main contracts that I want to talk about is the Fred Warner mega deal that he got making him the highest paid inside linebacker in the league, and now he's under contract until 2027. The guy's a stud. I don't blame them for paying him this much money. I personally consider him the best inside linebacker in the league, and after losing Robert Sala, they need someone smart like Fred Warner to keep that defense, to, to keep it in that tier that it was when they made it to the Super Bowl, and he was a big part of that Super Bowl run. In 2021, his salary is only 920k, and a cap hit of 3.6 million dollars. Yeah, whatever. And the next year, in 2022, he he has a salary of 2.5 million, a cap hit of 8.1 million. But then in 2023, that's when it really becomes interesting: a 12.9 million dollar salary and an 8.18.5 million dollar salary salary cap hit, then there's a potential out that they could take if they see he's not performing how they want him to, but if they don't take that potential out, that's when they're really going to start owing him big money. A two thousand uh, In 2024, a $22.1 million cap hit, then a $24.4 million cap hit, then a $21.9 million cap hit to end the contract, and then... If he continues to be the player he is today, I can imagine he gets another big deal like this. And I can only imagine how how much the linebacker market will be will be worth at that time. I if he keeps playing like he was over these past couple of years, this this could be nothing at that time because we're seeing today a lot of players are getting paid way more money than they were five five years ago. It's amazing. And I, I think the guy's worth the money, and he definitely revolutionized the linebacker market for now. Right now there's talks about Darius Leonard being that next linebacker to get a huge deal, and that wouldn't surprise me. He's another really good linebacker. But, yeah, Fred Warner, extremely talented player, great in coverage, great against the run. He's going to be the key piece to this 49ers defense over the next couple of years. I definitely think that this was the right move for them. And, you know, there's a lot of players on that team coming off an injury. 
maybe he could help make up for that. If the players lose the set, like Nick Bosa, he's coming off an injury. If he loses a couple steps, then I think a player like Fred Warner, keep in mind he's only going to be getting better because of how young he is. I think Fred Warner could make up for these players coming off an injury. These players won't be able to perform like they have in the past. Overall, I really, really like this move. The 49ers need someone to make up for the loss of Robert Sala, and I think a stud defensive player like Fred Warner will make up for it. Let's move on to a more sad note and in the same division. Cam Akers. A lot of you fantasy players, I'm not sure how many of you play fantasy, and I'm not sure how many people that play fantasy have already started looking, but you may be seeing his name pop up a lot. He's supposed to be a early second round pick just because the volume he's expected to get, and he definitely would have received that volume if it weren't for the tragic news that we heard that he has uh, torn Achilles, which sucks. Rams fans, that must really hurt your Super Bowl hopes, but I... I am expecting the Rams to be the Super Bowl champions this year, and this doesn't change that for me. I think Henderson, this guy Daryl Henderson, he could definitely still be a solid running back. He was he was the running back for them, the starting running back for them, over the first three quarters of the season. Although Cam Akers did have 36 carries in the last four games, which is a lot, and it definitely shows Sean McVay likes him. He wanted him to be their bell cow back. He wants them to make up the for the loss of Todd Gurley, which I completely understand. Even though he's clearly not Todd Gurley, he has the talent to get the volume that Todd Gurley did have. But Henderson, I think, can make up for it. They could still do play action. 4.5 yards per carry, that's still pretty good. And a lot of people forget the one of the most important parts of the Rams running game is their jet sweep. That's where they get a lot of their running production. Maybe not a huge amount, but for the for only 24 attempts, 6.5 yards every single time they tried to do it, or at least every time they tried to do it with Robert Woods. I think that they could still have a good ground game running the ball with Daryl Henderson, and maybe they use the jet sweep a little bit more because they don't have Cam Akers. Robert Woods was a monster on those jet sweeps. Like I said, 6.5 yards per carry on 24 attempts. That's really, really good for a part of your offense like that that isn't really seen as a bread and butter. It's more seen as something to add spice to your offense. And Sean McVay really likes to run the ball. It's important, right? He may he may not play smash mouth football, I wouldn't call it that, but he likes to use play action, and the reason his play action works is because of how good his teams are running the ball. And Daryl Henderson, I think he'll be able to run the ball perfectly fine. Maybe not as well as Cam Akers. It'll be a little bit worse, but that's why they traded for Matthew Stafford, right? Even if they don't have the best running game, I would be way more worried if they still had Jared Goff playing quarterback. But with Stafford going, taking snaps under center, 
I'm not too worried. Of course, losing your losing your starting running back, uh, fine, it's a loss. But it's not like they have some rookie running back that they're starting now. It's not like Daryl Henderson's bad. Daryl Henderson can get the job done. 4.5 yards per carry, like I said, that is a solid, that is solid, that is good, that's better than most teams' running backs, actually. And I, I'm I'm not worried about them losing Cam Akers, I'm not going to lie. I do think Cam Akers could have had a huge impact on the team, but I don't think that Cam Akers was that important for them. They could still use bootlegs because, like I said, Cam Akers is still good enough for defense, or sorry, Daryl Henderson is still good enough for defenses to be worried about him. Play action passes are very important for the McVay offense. I know. But they could still use play action, even with Daryl Henderson there. And I'm really just excited what to see what Sean McVay does to make up for losing his starting running back. And as for why I think they're still Super Bowl favorites, when I'm looking for my Super Bowl favorite this year, I'm looking for what team can beat the Buccaneers, right? Because the Buccaneers, they're a phenomenal team. They won the Super Bowl last year. Yada, yada. Everyone knows it, right? What team can beat the Buccaneers? I look at this Ram team. Aaron Donald is still one of the best defensive players of all time. Honestly, I don't think that's too much of a stretch to say that. And if you want to beat Tom Brady, you have to be able to get pressure in his face without blitzing extra players, right? And Aaron Donald is more than good enough to get into Tom Brady's face and put pressure on him. And then Jalen Ramsey is going to be giving the pass rush more time to get to Tom Brady. And I'm, I don't think that Cam Akers would really have much of an impact on how, much, how well they match up against the Buccaneers. Because the Buccaneers' run defense is so damn good. I don't care if the Rams had Derrick Henry. I don't think they could run on that defense because that Buccaneers run defense is just phenomenal. You're not going to beat them by running the ball, okay? Not going to happen. So I don't think them losing Cam Akers matters that much. Either way, they're going to have to air it out with Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford, I'm telling you, man, he is going to be in that MVP conversation. And now that he's going to be getting the amount of volume that he's going to get with Cam Akers out, it's very likely that he gets his first career MVP. Honestly, if I had to choose one weakness with the Ram team that kind of makes me stay away from them being my Super Bowl favorite, and this is really the one thing that worries me, is Raheem Morris being their new defensive coordinator. Now, he's alright, okay? But he is not, he is not Brandon Staley. Okay, Brandon Staley, he proved he's a great defensive coordinator, and that's why he's the Chargers head coach now, because he was just that good at coordinating a defense with the Rams, and he was the main reason that the defense was the best in the league last year. I'm not expecting the Rams defense to be the best in the league, but I will... I'm still hoping it will be in that elite tier. 
because I think Raheem Morris, it's hard to mess up when you have Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. It's hard to mess up when you have those two on your defense, okay? Uh, I really can't imagine the defense being that bad, even though I don't see it being the best in the league again. Yes, yeah, so they're still my Super Bowl favorite, even with the loss of Brandon Staley. Because I think the team is just too good. The addition of Matthew Stafford, I think, is just going to be amazing. Although the Buccaneers will be a huge roadblock in their path. And I'm really excited for that game. Hopefully it does happen in the playoffs. But let's move on to a very important rule change. That has to do with the pandemic. We saw last year, the season was messed up a lot. We saw the Steelers and Ravens game got moved due to... COVID, it really just didn't ruin the season, but it made it a lot worse than it could have been with the shortened offseason, all that stuff. But now we have the vaccine, and it's kind of returning back to normal. And now the NFL is telling players, like, we're not going to force you to take the vaccine because some people are anti-vax. I respect whatever you want to do, you do. Go right ahead. But the NFL is basically telling players, coaches, If you don't want to do the vaccine, you don't have to. But don't be surprised if you can't do what you're normally able to do as a vaccinated, fully healthy player. Because you're still going to have COVID protocol and you will get fined $14,000 if you break COVID protocol. And if your team does have a COVID outbreak you're going to be forced to forfeit. And that's basically making players that don't want to get the vaccine, they're still going to get the vaccine because they don't want to get cut because their coach is worried about forfeiting. They don't want to get fined for breaking COVID protocol. No one wants to wear a mask. Let's be honest. No one wants to wear the mask, okay? But now players like DeAndre Hopkins... And Cole Beasley, well, Cole Beasley isn't really against what the NFL is doing. But DeAndre Hopkins, right after the rule was published, he said, I'm retiring if they do this, although he deleted the tweet, and let's be honest, he's not retiring. He would owe the team way too much money if he retired. He's not going to do that, right? But the point is, players are really against it. And I personally just think that's kind of dumb. Because if you are a team playing against the Cardinals, let's go with the Cardinals. Let's say I'm the head coach of the Giants, and the Giants are playing the Cardinals. Why'd I pick those teams? No reason whatsoever. I just picked random teams. But let's say the Cardinals are playing the Giants, and then the Cardinals have an outbreak a day before the game. It's not fair to the Giants if the game gets moved. It's, it's just not fair. So I think them adding a forfeiting rule is actually best case scenario. Because last year they couldn't do it because it wasn't really a team's fault. It was just bad luck if they had an outbreak, right? Because even if you followed protocol, there would probably still be an outbreak just because of how weird the virus is. But now you could just take the vaccine. So if you're not going to take the vaccine and you have an outbreak... Your fault. Because you could have prevented You could have prevented it. So I really like the forfeiting rule. I think it's the best thing that they could do. And the Vikings, 
they were. I think that this was smart. Just be, and we're gonna see a lot more teams do it. The Vikings fired their offensive line coach Rick Dennison after he refused to take the COVID nineteen vaccine. And I think a lot more teams are gonna do this. Surprised we haven't seen too many more teams do it. But teams don't want to forfeit. They don't want to have losses in games that they don't even play. And because they don't want to have this, they're gonna fire these people, these players, these coaches that don't take the vaccine. I already heard, um, we don't know who the player was or what team it was, but I have already heard that a player was going to be signed and then they found out the player wasn't vaccinated and then the team didn't sign the player because he wasn't vaccinated which i imagine really sucks for the players but i there the NFL kind of doesn't really have that many options because they're not going to keep moving the games that would be so stupid and this, i think out of all the options that they had this was by far the best because they're not they aren't forcing you to get vaccinated but they also kind of are now are some players going to be on rosters and they won't be vaccinated yes but a lot of players or a couple players are gonna get cut because teams don't want to forfeit teams don't want to get a covid outbreak when every other team doesn't have to deal with that because it's gonna suck Teams don't want to have a head coach stuck in quarantine. Teams don't want to have their star quarterback stuck in quarantine. Teams don't want that. And now that you have the ability to avoid it, now even if you're anti-vax, that's just part of the world we live in. Okay? Even if you're anti-vax, oh, oh well, really. As stupid as that sounds, there's not really a way that this could work for you. Because it's not fair to everyone else. Right? If you're anti-vax, that's that's fine. If you're a player that's anti-vax, like Cole Beasley, that's fine. But you are running the risk of starting a COVID outbreak, and you are running the risk of getting cut by your team because your team doesn't want to get a COVID outbreak. That's that's just how it is. Because there is no fair way to do this, which is the worst thing about it. There isn't a correct way for the NFL to handle this entire situation. But they have to handle it somehow. And this is how they're doing it. And personally, as someone that isn't anti-vax, is fine getting vaccinated, I'm on board with it. I see why some people are against it, but there really aren't that many other ways that the NFL could do this. So before you go on to the next segment of the podcast, I just want you all to know, I recorded this podcast on July 25th. And it is July 26th when I'm posting it. The out, the episode is supposed to go up in an hour and a half. And earlier today, some news broke out that Rodgers isn't going to leave. And Devontae Adams is going back into contract talk with the team. So I'm going to talk more about that in next week's episode of the podcast. But for now, just hear my opinions on Aaron Rodgers potentially not. Playing because I really, during this next couple minutes of the podcast, I really set myself on the thought that he isn't going to return. 
and I honestly don't know why he turned down his massive deal if he is going to keep playing for the team, but whatever, I'll talk about that next week. I just want you all to know Aaron Rodgers is staying, and this next seven minutes of the podcast are based around the thought that Rodgers wouldn't return to Green Bay, and Adams also wouldn't return to Green Bay. Now, let's move on over to the Packers. A big plot line since the draft has been Aaron Rodgers wanting out of Green Bay. The team he's been with made a Hall of Fame career with. He wants out. And now the Packers, a desperate attempt at trying to keep him with the team, gave him a contract extension, con- an o- offered a contract extension. This contract extension would have made him, reportedly, the highest paid player in the entire NFL. And what does Aaron Rodgers say? No. I don't want it. I told you I wanted to leave the team. I don't want more money. I don't care about how long I'm under contract. I want out of the team. I don't want to be in Green Bay anymore. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not with Aaron Rodgers on this one, man. I think if you didn't want to play with Green Bay, shouldn't have signed a contract. That's always been the type of person I am. When it comes to holdouts, I've always been the type of guy that's like, you're getting paid to play a children's game. Let's be honest, a children's game. You're getting paid to throw a ball around, catch it, and yeah, of course, you're risking your health and all that, fine. But you're still getting paid to play a game, okay? Now, I don't know how you could think it's a good idea to be to already be under contract to play this game and then be like, nah. I'm not settling for just getting paid millions of dollars to play this game. No, I want to play this game in a different colored uniform. What? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I, it clearly isn't money that he cares about. Clearly not. And it clearly isn't a long-term relationship that he wants either. Because he was going to get a two-year extension and he turned it down. So what is it? Does he want weapons? Because that's just... First off... You have Devontae Adams, you have Robert Tunyon, you have Aaron Jones. That's that's a good, that's a great supporting cast. I don't understand what else he could want, really. I don't, he hasn't made it clear. I don't know why he's being so cryptic with it, is the thing. If he really wanted out of Green Bay, the best thing that he could do would be talk to the head coach, just make it clear what you want because there there is no reason for you to be so secretive with it. If you want something that Green Bay isn't offering, how about you try and get it at Green Bay? If you wanted Julio Jones, you should have went out and said, I want Julio Jones. Get me Julio Jones. You didn't do that. Instead, you were all, you were all secretive about it. There's no point of doing that. Abs- it's pointless. And then to make problem to make it even worse, Devontae Adams also turned out a contract extension. So now last year's MVP and last year last year's offensive player of the year contender that helped your quarterback win MVP both aren't signing a long term deal. That is a terrible situation to be in if you're Green Bay. 
I'm not going to lie. It's it's downright terrible. And I thought that the, the Deshaun Watson situation was bad, but this may be even worse. Personally, I think it is because at least at least Deshaun Watson leaving is after a bad year. The Packers were an NFC championship team last year. They were almost in the Super Bowl last year. And now they're possibly losing their two best players? That's not a good situation at all. And everyone knows this. I, If I am the Packers right now, I'm doing whatever I can to get Aaron Rodgers to say what he wants. Because it, he hasn't made it clear. It's not money. It's not a long-term deal. What is it? And if I'm Aaron Rodgers and I want out of Green Bay or I want to improve the situation in Green Bay, tell them, this is what I want. Get it for me. Because they're not going to just trade the MVP. That's not happening. The The MVP, I'm, I might be wrong about this, but I don't think there's ever been a player that won MVP one year and then next year didn't didn't play for the team, was just not there, was just on a different team. Now, maybe three years later they were, Cam Newton, he won MVP, but then he stayed with the Panthers for a little bit, then went to New England. Tom Brady, he won MVP, stayed with New England for a little bit longer, then went to Tampa. Peyton Manning, he won MVP, stayed with the Colts for a little bit longer, then went to the Broncos. You don't just win MVP and dip. That doesn't happen. There's a reason it never happened. Because that's just unrealistic. Because the team isn't just going to trade you. Aaron Rodgers, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be that guy. You're not listening to my podcast. I don't know why I'm acting like you are. But the Packers aren't just going to trade you. Even if you don't play for them. Because as a GM, there is no way that I would trade last year's MVP. Because there isn't a fair price for it. Three first-round picks, I wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers for three first-round picks. Five first-round picks, I wouldn't trade Aaron Rodgers for for five first-round picks. Are you kidding me? And teams aren't going to offer five first-round picks. That's your entire future. There is not a realistic price that teams could give up for you. Aaron Rodgers, if you want to get the most you can out of this situation, just tell the team what you want. Be straight with it. And then Devontae Adams, too, because Devontae Adams... I know why Devontae Adams is leaving, because Rodgers is insane. If Rod, you're telling me that if Devontae Adams got this extension offered and Rodgers wasn't having these issues, you think he wouldn't have stayed? I think he would have. I definitely think he would have. Because with Rodgers as their quarterback, that is a Super Bowl team. And everyone wants to win a Super Bowl. Everyone wants to win a Super Bowl. But here's what I don't understand. I don't understand why... Devontae Adams, unless they were completely underselling him, it's not very clear how much he was offered, but if unless they were underselling him, if he was getting paid what he was worth, Jordan Love isn't that bad, right? Like, I'm, I'm a, a, Jordan Love must have thrown the ball to Devontae Adams in practice a decent amount, right? So this makes me wonder, is Jordan Love really that bad that Devontae Adams was, doesn't want to play play with him? That's my question. That's really... Like, the Aaron Rodgers declining the deal, that doesn't surprise me. Devontae Adams turning it down kind of does.
Now, I, I really just don't understand it, right? Because Devontae Adams, unless they were underselling him, is Jordan Love really that bad that you feel a need to leave Green Bay? Because I think if Jordan Love, because like he was a first-round pick. He's not Case Keenum. He's not like some random backup. He was a first-round pick, right? Is he really that bad that Devontae Adams doesn't want him throwing him the ball? Because will it be a step down from Rodgers? Yes. But I don't think that they'll be that much worse if all the other pieces stay, if Devontae Adams stays, if Robert Tunyon stays, if they're, if no one really regresses much and Jordan Love is the quarterback he was expected to be out of college, I think that they could still be a playoff team. No? And a, or at least after this year, they could be a playoff team if Devontae Adams stays, I think. Right? You give Jordan Love a year to develop. If he's the quarterback he was supposed to be, Devontae Adams, it's not like you're on a terrible team like the Jets or Bengals. You're still on the Green Bay Packers, a pretty solid team, even without Aaron Rodgers. So unless Devontae Adams was getting a terrible deal, I don't know why he was turning down this contract. And then another thing, I'm not I'm not the best with basketball. And I was talking about Aaron Rodgers' cryptic messaging. But he tweeted, not tweeted, he posted on his Instagram story at the same time as Devontae Adams did a picture of Michael Jordan and I think Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, someone like that. Some other player that played with Michael Jordan. I don't really know what that means. Some people are saying that they're going to have one last year together, their last dance, if you will. One last year together, and they'll try and make a run, and then they'll part their ways. People are saying that's what's referring to. Maybe it is. But I I just don't understand. If that's what you want, if why would you want it to be a last year? Why? It's not like you're that old, Rodgers. You could play multiple more years. If you want something more out of Green Bay, just go out and say it. I don't understand why you're being cryptic with it. We, Sending pictures of basketball players at the same time as your star receiver who also doesn't want to play with the team for a long time. I know. I think I know what Adams wants. Adam wants to stay with Rodgers, I'm guessing, because he, he's starting to decline contracts and stuff after Rodgers leaves. But what does Rodgers want? Because Rodgers is the key piece to all of this. So that's why I think you got to make it clear, man. There's no point of being secretive with it. Absolutely no point. Now I want to move on to some bigger news that dropped earlier today, or at least the day that I'm recording this. Chandler Jones, someone that was expected to be a great one-two punch alongside J.J. Watt, said that he's requesting a trade he wants out of Arizona. And I think Chandler Jones, the year that Stephon Gilmore won MVP, I thought Chandler Jones should have won it. I thought he was the best edge rusher in the league. He didn't have a great defense around him, and he still led the league in sacks. And he was just phenomenal, put up a lot of pressures, forced a lot of fumbles, was just all around a great edge rusher. But then last year, he got injured, and I kind of understand why Arizona is hesitant to give him the contract that he wants. And that's exactly why Chandler Jones wants out. Because his his contract, 
he wants to get paid more than Arizona is willing to pay him. And I think if Chandler Jones does come back the player that he used to be, then he's probably deserving of the money that Chandler Jones wants. But if he isn't that, if he comes back as nothing more than a shadow of his former self, then he's not going to get that deal. And I think that's exactly it. I think that's why Arizona doesn't want to take the risk with him. They're a young team. They don't need to spend big money on an old player like him. They are fine just playing it safe. If they need to trade him, they trade him. They might just get future assets for him, which actually might be better for that team. Chandler Jones is a stud, and I think he could be a huge difference maker on a team that doesn't have a good pass rush. Like, the Seahawks are a great landing spot for him. I mean, that Seahawks defense doesn't have any pass rush whatsoever, and if they get Chandler Jones, oh man, that might actually make them be able to go further than the divisional round for once. And then maybe Buffalo, if they get Chandler Jones, I mean like, woo. That defense would be so good, and that team overall, they might they might become my Super Bowl favorite if Chandler Jones could play like we all know he could. And I, I think just his talent alone, I think even at his age, he's worth a second-round pick. If he were younger, I would say a first. But he's just so talented, or at least if he could come back from that injury, I I get why teams would be hesitant to give up a second. Maybe he's only worth a fourth because he could just be a total bozo when he returns from his injury because, like, injuries at his age could definitely throw him off track and he might never have a year like 2019 where he produced 19 and a half sacks. Probably won't happen, let's be honest, because injuries at that age can affect you big they could make a big difference in your career. But I'm very excited to see where Chandler Jones lands. I mean, maybe if he doesn't get traded by next week, I might do a segment uh, where I talk about where Chandler Jones should go, his top five landing spots, and what teams should trade for him. Because his value can't be too high. I don't know why I said a second-round pick now that I think about it. Because he's just so old, and there's that injury risk. Maybe a fourth or a third. I think that's probably the right price. I don't know why I said a second. Maybe a second-round pick from, like, a top-notch team like the Bucks, even though they probably wouldn't trade for him. Uh, but maybe a team like that would give up a second just because it would be a late pick. Uh, but overall, Chandler Jones, an absolute stud. Very surprised he's requesting a trade, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but let's move over to Michael Thomas, right? Because some big news dropped about him. Big, big news. He's not going to be playing part of the season next year. The first couple of weeks, he's not going to be playing due to his injury. Because for some reason, Lord knows why, he didn't choose to get his surgery until June. I, I don't I don't understand why. Doesn't make sense to me. He got injured week one and missed the rest of the season because of it. But he still didn't get surgery until January? And yeah, he still played a couple more games, but he was clearly injured. He got locked up by Carlton Davis. He wasn't ready to play. He wasn't. I don't know why he didn't get his surgery earlier. He really should have been put on the IR. And if I'm Sean Payton, I'm like, dude, you're costing us part of our season. 
because you're injured. And you chose to not get a surgery early. Instead, you'd rather get it in June. It doesn't make sense to me. And then another thing that this is going to really cause trouble for, how are they going to evaluate Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill? Because now they're, their receiver core, their top two receivers are Traquan Smith and Marquez Galloway. That is not a good receiving core. Let's be honest here. Not a good receiving core at all. How are they going to evaluate Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston now? If they don't have anyone to throw the ball to, that how are they going to evaluate them? It, it, it really just ruins their entire plan. I'm not going to lie. It really does. With Michael Thomas not playing, that ruins it. Because they might have to give both of them another year just because of how bad their receiver core is. Because they will have that excuse of Traquan Smith and Marquez Galloway. Being who they're throwing the ball to. That is that is probably, other than the Lions, the worst receiving core in the league. With Michael Thomas gone, it's the second worst receiving core in the league, I would say. Other than the Lions, and the Lions set the bar pretty low. I mean, it's. I was very surprised when I saw he wasn't going to play. I thought that he got the surgery. I guess not. I don't understand why he didn't. Very stupid if you ask me. Michael Thomas, in my opinion, I consider him one of the best receivers in the league. And him being gone really just means that Alvin Kamara is going to be the guy on that offense. He's going to be the only reason the offense can score. It's all just going to run through him. It's going to be running through Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill with quarterback draw. That's all it's going to be. I mean, it's really going to suck, and I wonder how the Saints are going to perform this season with him gone, because he is one of the stars of their team. They have a great offensive line, but, I mean, without Michael Thomas, the only skill position player that they really have is Alvin Kamara. The rest are just below-average players. Even that quarterback, I hate their quarterback situation. I don't think Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill can be even remotely successful. I think right here is a good place to wrap up the episode. I'm Patrick Seifer, your host, and will continue to be your host from this point forward without a co-host. It's a pretty short one. I think the ones with the guest will be a lot longer. And yeah, have a nice day.